You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hey fam, what's going on? Coach Joe here. Thanks again for tuning in. If you've been a regular listener here at Built for the Stage podcast, hey, if you haven't yet, please subscribe. And if you also have never visited our Instagram, go to at Built for the Stage or head on over to our YouTube channel, Built for the Stage, and you can check out not just our podcast, but vlogs with some of your favorite Broadway and West End actors, as well as workouts, anything theater and fitness related. We Gotcha. Real quick on this episode with Kyla, I was just making it happen, as you do sometimes. We always try to get out one episode per week for you, and I was in the deep woods of Ohio visiting some family, and the Wi-Fi was not the greatest. But as you know, it's my job to just tee up a question, and then we get to enjoy who we're really here for, which is our guest. So, My audio is a little bit in and out at times, but never fear. We're here for Kyla, and her audio is great. So I just wanted to include that here before the episode starts. Appreciate you all. Have a great day. And don't forget, actors are athletes. Train like one. Later. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to Built for the Stage podcast. This is Joe Roscoe, founder and host of Built for the Stage, Broadway's number one fitness platform. If you haven't tried out Built for the Stage yet, go to builtforthestage.com and we'll be on our way to a one-week free trial, builtforthestage.com. All right, let's move on to our special guest. Keep that intro brief. Get right into who we are here for. Our guest is all the way over in Australia. It's uh, currently 10 a.m. there and uh, 6 p.m. here on the East Coast. Uh, If you were to watch TV and know anything about any type of show, uh, she's probably been on it. So she's been (laughs) in Dancing with the Stars, uh, The Voice, Australia, The Mad Singer, Australia's Got Talent. Did I miss any of them? Yeah, like any who's who of TV shows, she's been on it. She's currently the dance captain um, of Hamilton in Australia. Also been seen in shows like uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, Dirty Dancing, We Will Rock You. A lot of favorites. Dance captain in American Idiot. So uh, this person, this guest, is obviously amazingly talented. And they have the cutest dog ever, which makes them the most valuable of guests. So please welcome to the podcast... Kyla Bartholomews. Kyla, <laughs> hello, hello. What an intro. <laughs> I, you know, I, I do my best. I've, I've done a lot of them and I have, to, you know, you know, like you deserve it. You deserve it. <laughs> Thank you. So, uh, am, you're drinking coffee. Our, we got black coffee. We got cream and sugar. How are we taking our coffee? I have a black coffee with honey, a lot of honey. Ah, okay. yeah, honey in honey and everything, honestly. In your coffee, not not in tea. I, no, not in tea. I've 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 heard of and I've done the butter in coffee, but never have I done honey in coffee. You should try it. Do you, are you a coffee drinker? Oh, way too much, actually. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Great. So the honey just like takes out the bitterness. If you're getting a coffee from McDonald's, no shade, or if you're getting a, a coffee from a place that you maybe aren't sure of, honey will just like take away the bitterness and it's perfect. So you can have this type of coffee literally anywhere on the road, on the side of the road, you know, at the airport. Got it. Highly recommend it. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm- That's my travel tip for you. Okay, I'm on it. I'm on it. Uh, okay. <laughs> if I'm traveling, I'll go for Red Bull before I'll ever drink McDonald's coffee, but I'll put some honey in my coffee tomorrow. We'll see. Uh, try it. Try it. Let me know. Okay, so let's just I, – I didn't expect to jump into this, but as I was just you know doing some research on you and saw all those TV shows listed, uh, same producing team for all of these TV shows. How did you line up every single one of them? <laughs> It's funny because I am consider myself to be bi-coastal in Australia. So I equally jump between uh, Sydney and Melbourne when I'm not in a show, in a contract, because, you know, you have to go where the work is. Um, And I've been very lucky to have little guest spots on all of these shows whenever they come to Australia, whenever they meet dancers. Um, I've been super, super blessed to be a part of these shows in a small way or a big way. So Dancing with the Stars was just dancing in one of the finale numbers, which I was obsessed with because I love ballroom dancing and I, you know, faked it till I made it, you know. I'm not a professional ballroom dancer, but I love that world so much. So to be a part of the finale routine for that show was an actual dream come true for me. And, yeah, other guest spots like AGT and... The Masked Singer and everything like that, it's just been really good opportunities to have a dance and be where the work is, yeah. truly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The uh, commercial, you said a commercial for Bumble. Is this the dating app? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, hilarious, hilarious. Yeah. Wait, uh, okay, so how, how was the context of, of the commercial? What did you have to do? It was... Just me and one other guy, but it was basically to capture how it would feel to before you go on a first date. Mm. So dancing around the house, um, you know, in your own vibe. It was really fun because the whole day was mostly me dancing. So by the end of the day, I was wrecked. <laughs> um, and it turned out so well, the whole ad, to the point where it was only meant to be on socials and on the website but the bumble team loved it so much they ended up putting it on um tv so it got an extra run after that which was awesome so awesome yeah. and all of my friends who were on the app <laughs> would always screenshot um <laughs> me in the ads they're like oh hi uh, are you on bumble i'm like i'm not but uh i am on the ads <laughs> that's uh similar we have a, a friend here uh on broadway uh adam perry he was in like a just a print ad for um, some type of uh hair hair dye product for men uh facial and hair i can't remember what but anytime you walk through uh, a farm Okay. Oh, the dog walker's here. The dog walker's here. Yay. <laughs> Come on in. Okay. Hi, this is my dog walker, Eva. She owns a company called Cozy Place. Hey. She saves my life. Let's go. What's the company called? I'm excited to 
cozy place. Okay. Any uh, listeners out there? I'm promoting Eva. Come and say hi. Come and say hi. So Eva hi. takes picks up Yindi from Tuesday to Friday and takes her on dog walks with her friends. Yay. Okay. Good. Without Eva, I would be screwed. I'm telling you, I have to walk my dogs four times a day. They're just... If they're not indoor dogs, comes pit bull. So I love this. We have every episode have a dog break in it. That'd be amazing. Just have the best day. Yeah, okay, I was having a fight. I was like, okay, I can I music? And I was like, is that? No, it's not here. Bye. Come on, let's go. Come on. She's like, she wants that. Yeah. Can you see what this dog is doing? Sorry, give me two seconds. <laughs> Let's go. Bye. Come on. Let's go. I'm gonna go without you. Thanks, Eva. Have fun. Off she goes. Okay. Sorry about that. There you go. No, no problem. No problem. I lost you for a second on my connection. So okay, cool. So uh dog walk Back. is okay. So the bumble, oh yeah, Adam Perry. So will we go through like a pharmacy or a, a Walmart or whatever where those are on the shelf? We have to take uh, an, uh, uh, a, like, you got to take the photo and you got to post it on the gram and tag Adam Perry in it. Yeah. Um, okay. So it's hilarious. Let's rewind. You're dancing from the very beginning. When did you start dancing and doing this whole performance thing? Did you, did you have a choice in the matter? I, I did, actually. I, I chose dancing. So what happened was when I was really young, my sisters and aunties and grandmas and everyone all did Highland dancing. Mm. Do you know what Highland dancing is? No, no. Like Scottish, Scottish dancing. Okay, okay. Right, like in kilts and yeah. everything like that. So I was sort of brought into the Highland dancing world um, and loved it. Uh, just wanted to do it because my sister was doing it, my cousins were doing it, you know, just that sort of FOMO situation. And then um, – I actually found music from when I was in grade six. So that means I was 12 years old. I started playing the alto saxophone. So growing up, I played alto saxophone, did all of my exams, uh, did exams one to eight, then, then picked up the flute and the clarinet. So my trajectory was going to be being in orchestras and bands and in the woodwind section. And then I went... I wasn't really dancing at all, like at all. I was mostly playing music. And then I, my cousin took me to Justin Timberlake's Future Sex Love Sound when it was in Australia. And it honestly changed my life because I was young, I was 14, and I've never seen anything like it in my life. And still to this day, it's the best concert I've ever seen. Wow. If I ever see Justin Timberlake, I'm going to thank him. Um, and I, at the end of the concert, it, I said to my cousin, I'm like, that's what I want to do. I want to be one of the dancers. And then I started to find little dance schools around Geelong, which is where I grew up. And that's when I started to dance. I only really started in hip hop and jazz. Um, but I loved it so much. It gave me more joy than what music did. I was a little bit burnt out by the end of, um, when I was 18, I was, I was burnt out from music. I was so sick of doing exams. I didn't really want to sit in a dark orchestra pit or sit in a rehearsal room by myself for eight hours a day practicing. Mm. 
but I was a really bad dancer. I had no technique. I had stage presence, but I didn't have, I wasn't a prima ballerina. I just loved it. I think that's the thing that got me through. I, I, when I was on stage, I loved it. Whether I was good or not, I can't, I don't think I was, but, um, and then I auditioned for a dance school in Melbourne called um, Jason Commons Ministry of Dance. And I got in and I couldn't believe it. And I sort of, I did, I gave up music much to my teachers and music teachers and parents sort of dismay um and I followed my heart in a major way because I knew that I was good at music um and but it wasn't making me happy and I wasn't very good at dancing but it made me happy so I followed that dream and worked extra extra hard because I realized really quickly when I got into full-time which is uni, um, that I wasn't not good. And if I wanted to be as good as the people that were good, I would have to put in multiple hours before and after. And that is literally what I did. I just worked my ass off for two years to mimic and copy and try and be like that person or be like that person um, without any real foundation for ballet or jazz. When did you stop copying and start moving and creating your own kind of uh, brand or style? That's a really good question. It was pretty quickly. It was when I discovered that I was never going to be like that person that I admired. I had to find the thing that made me special the thing that people would want to hire me for me. Um, and it was pretty, it was pretty much after my first year of full-time after learning all the fundamentals, after being the worst person in the group, you know, being, being in the bottom, bottom level of everything, being in the bottom level of jazz and ballet and like, like literally everything. And after my first year, I sort of discovered that, Oh, this is the thing that makes me, special is I don't, I move very differently. I feel music differently. I look different and I leaned into that very quickly after my first year. I got a scholarship for the second year of um, my time at ministry. So that's when I sort of became, owned what it was to be me. When you were at the bottom, that like you were saying, what person or like growing up like background wise how were you okay with that or were you not how was that time of feeling like you were you know the last in line type of deal it's funny because when I look back at like level three which is what we were so it was like three two one (laughs) um and all of the people in level three I have no negative feelings in there because it was nothing to prove and everything to gain Mm. we had we had only improvement to go. It was um, a really special group because I feel like we were really nurtured because we had n- we had no real we had nothing to lose <laughs> basically. And I remember everyone in that group, and we all worked really hard for and with each other. And it was this real team experience because we all wanted to be in level one, but we were on level three. So it was almost like we had to work extra hard 
to be noticed, be seen, be the level that we wanted to be. And I just remember it being a real like team building experience. And all the teachers that came into level three, it sounds bad, but it was really fun. We, yeah, we just worked, we had to, we just worked extra hard. Yeah. Okay. So was there a moment where you had a breakthrough of like turning the corner of not feeling like a level three dancer and really catching your stride or was it just literally day in and day out of consistent hard work and extra work that finally just kind of uh, compiled into your surgence as a excellent you know premier dancer one one memory that came into mind straight away and i don't know if this is the memory but it came it came first um we at the end of our you know uni with there's these big showcases that happen at the end of year and you know everyone works as a team to put on one big show so like level all the levels come together the first uh, the second years were doing this big amazing opening number with a table and there was clips and and all it was amazing and i remember watching it thinking these dancers are phenomenal and one of the dancers couldn't be there for some reason for one of the rehearsals and uh jason coleman who's the owner of the school said does anyone know the track and i was because i watched it so much i was like i i know it <laughs> i don't know where i got the confidence to do that but i i did I, I knew it and i stepped in and i did it and i remember after that rehearsal i was like i just did a dance with these students and and people that I absolutely admire. And I remember being like, okay, I can do this, I think. <laughs> and then I started to book gigs with people, again, that I admired and people in the industry. And slowly and surely I was like, okay, I think I can do this and make money from this career. I don't think I need a backup plan at this point. Okay. So wait, you <laughs> had, you, what was your backup plan? Going back to music. Oh, got it, got it. Okay, okay. Yeah. All right, so you had this little, like, uh, moment of bravery to step out of the line and say, I can do it. And it was yeah. a transformational moment. When did, because we're just talking about dance right now, when did, music, mm -hmm. when did musical theater start to be a part of all of this? Early, early, oh. early. So we used to... We, we're in a, I grew up in a town called Geelong, which is an hour from the city, from Melbourne. And for every like birthday or, you know, some kind of big present, we, us three kids, my older sister, me and my younger brother would always want to go see the shows in Melbourne, like the musicals. So I remember seeing like the sound of music and, and Miss Saigon and Oh, what a night. And all those, all these amazing shows. And I was so lucky that my parents also loved it. So we would always like have outings in Melbourne to go see music theater. So from a very young age, I wanted to do musical theater. And in Geelong, they had amateur theater. So, um, you know, I was part of the amateur theater shows in Geelong as well with my parents on lighting and, you know, like very, very wholesome um, things. So I loved doing musicals uh, from a really young age just at Geelong, in Geelong, and seeing them. I remember always, like, walking out of a show just being like, that is, imagine having a job like that. Mm. 
these people, this is their job. Like, imagine that. Like, this is what they get to do every day. Um, So, yeah, it's a a nice reminder even just talking to you now. I'm like, that that little girl will be screaming right now. (laughs) Good. I'm glad you're having that moment. And I hope everyone everyone listening takes the moment as well to kind of look back. Because if you're listening, you might be in a place where you don't love it right now. But if you look back, you might wish you were in the place you are in right now. So that's yeah. a good reminder. So when do you, when, what was your first like big musical theater break? What was your first big show that you booked um, to start out your, your career? It was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was my first show. Okay. And it was the second cast. So uh, they had to do a recast for Perth and Brisbane. I think they were just losing some ensemble members. And uh, Donna Jolie was my jazz teacher. She was also the choreographer in that show. And I, she knew I, I, I was desperate to do a musical. You know, I was auditioning for everything, getting to the, the end-ish or the end of most things I auditioned for and never booking it, <laughs> being too green, being too young, you know, I, who knows, such a jigsaw puzzle. Um, and... I remember, like, this is way, this is like years before Chitty was auditioning. And I was like, I'm, I'm never getting a musical. I don't know what to do. Like, I, I, what can I do? And she's like, you just need to do class every day. So I ended up like doing, taking her advice and, and doing her class, obviously, but doing like a lot of other classes. Um, and when it came time to doing it and, and booking it, I remember just like giving her the biggest hug ever. And I was like, thank you so much, one, for giving me a, a, the opportunity to have a musical you know and two giving me that advice to just do just do class yeah. every day okay cool all right very cool let's uh before we jump into hamilton and your experience with that right now let's jump into a fun little bfts hot seat something i do with all of our guests to kind of shake it up uh don't okay do don't be nervous but super fun so uh all right so our hot seat's gonna start with uh our first question should we put on some music sometimes i put on some music let's see okay do it okay. okay question number one you walk into a room and the tv's on and there's a movie playing and you've seen this movie hundreds of times but no matter how many times you've seen the movie you just have to stop and watch it. What is that movie for you? Love Actually. Yeah, okay. It's a good one. Uh, it's it's holiday themed, right? Love Actually. Yes. Okay. I actually haven't watched it yet this year, so it's on the list. Okay, perfect timing. Coming up for you. All right. What is your favorite and most prized possession? Yindi. Oh, there you go. My dog. You know what? I thought, okay, let uh, bes- okay. Uh, not living possession. I know it's a difficult one. I don't want to say the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> we could just say it's a, uh, a top five, and if 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 you miss, you know, forgot something else, we can have the excuse that it's top five and not the the most. Okay, my most prized possession is my grandmother's rings. Oh, that's a great one. It's a great one. Okay. Um, so I need to see like, I know it's there. Right, right. You don't want to, like, you don't want to make someone mad. Say, <laughs> why? 
Well, I didn't want to say my coffee machine, which is just right there when it's actually not. <laughs> there we go. All right. So you're reincarnated on the earth. You come back as an animal. Which animal are you going to be and why? I would want to be a dog that is part of my family because those animals, those dogs are spoiled, rotten. Right, right. Okay. Good answer. Good answer. All right. You could be any role in musical theater, any role. There are no boundaries. You can be whoever you want to be. What role are you going to be? Fiero in Wicked. Can, can you tell us why? Why Fiero? I think he has some of my favorite vocal lines and just... I think that, that that track and that role is so fun. Yeah. The swagger and just the get, getting to do duets and singing. And like, I think it's awesome. Okay, sweet. You, uh, you can only do one exercise for the rest of your life. And you have to do it every single day. Which exercise are you going to do? Okay, are we talking like... like anything genre it could uh no like this this specific movement it could be running oh. a squat it could be a uh box jump it could be rowing swimming does that count? yeah okay swimming. swimming all right that's good for the joints nice full body workout good for breathing yes. cardiovascular okay i'm with that it's meditative I'm with it it's perfect. You have a time machine. Last, last question. You have a time machine and you have the ability to go to any place during any time. Where are you going to be and what time period is it going to be? I would love to see Elvis perform live. And I want to be in the front row. Okay. And are you his prime? Are you also a performer? Or are you like what's your like who are you at the, in, in that time? Can I go there as me now? Sure, that'd be cool. Yeah. I, I want to transport <laughs> just to watch a live show in the front row, scream my head off, and then come back. Okay. I'm with all right, cool. <laughs> See, that was fun. Um, okay, uh, Hamilton. So you're you're in Hamilton. You're the dance captain. The choreography in Hamilton is just uh, historical. The story, no pun intended. Uh, the storytelling within the movement itself is truly like you literally transport us from moment to moment within the show with the movement on stage. Um, Tell us about like the audition process for that when you were first starting out, because I know over here and I, I'm sure maybe it's the same there. They have like, I don't, they call it Hamilton camp or some type of like thing you go through before the audition process and how they're very yeah. particular about like, we don't care if you're the best dancer or we don't, you have to like, quote unquote, get it. They say this a lot. Like, Oh, they get it. <laughs> what is? Tell us a little bit about that whole beginning process. Well, our our Australian company had a very interesting journey with 
with Hamilton because we started before the pandemic, right? So we started auditioning pre-pandemic and it was in total, I auditioned for Hamilton for 18 months. Wow. On and off. So it was a very big process. Um, and when when COVID hit, it, it sort of threw everything, a spanner in the works for the entire world. And instead of getting to do our boot camp, we, so I got to the, the, the point where I was accepted into boot camp, right? And there's a lot of people that I knew that were going to boot camp. And then major lockdowns and, you know, the world shutting down, we didn't actually get to do our boot camp, which is a shame because it would have been really helpful, you know, for everyone. Um, instead, everything went online and everything turned into Zooms and audition tapes and everything like that. So it was, it was a tough one because obviously it's, it was my top, it was my top three musicals ever, ever to do. And it was getting more and more disheartening the more the pandemic went on. And then they brought out the Disney plus version and I was like, great, they're probably doing that because they're never going to open it here, you know. <laughs> um, and I remember, I remember watching the Disney Plus like this because I I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know if music theater was ever going to recover, if the show was ever going to come to Australia. It was really up in the air, um, and so much time had passed, and I kept talking myself in and out of it. You know, like don't get your hopes up and don't get too excited and then some days I'd be like but maybe and it was it was quite tough um so after my final audition tape was sent through like don't know who knows um everyone was saying that it was still going ahead but you know I was very skeptical and I, I remember finding out one day after going to the physio actually in Sydney and um it was just the biggest relief. I burst into tears because it, I didn't think it was going to happen for anyone, you know, and um, finding out that it was happening and that I got in was <laughs> the biggest relief. That's, that's, that's literally like the first thing I felt. I was like, I can stop thinking about it. I can stop stressing about it. I can just accept that it's going to happen and it was so exciting. So we didn't actually get to do boot camp, which is such a shame, but it all worked out in the end. <laughs> well, now, correct me if, I, if I'm wrong. You all, you started, you opened, and then you had to, you had lockdowns, right? You had to, so you, you were, and then they took it away. And now, you know, you've been back ever since. What was that like? Um, how about the, you lock down and you come back. What was that like as a dance captain? Was everyone still like on it or did you all have some brushing up to do before getting it back on its feet? So at this point of the um, Hamilton process, when we're in Sydney, uh, I wasn't actually a dance captain. Mm. Um, we had the amazing Kim who's on Broadway currently. Uh, she came from Broadway to um, put up the company for us. Um, so I was doing my woman one ensemble track. Got it. So, um, which was enough, yeah. you know, enough for me um, because our, our, honestly, like coming back from COVID is no one talks about it really, but it was like zero to a thousand mm. going straight into rehearsals every day, putting on the show, opening night, like 
tech, everything, it was like by the time we got to when Sydney shut down again, went into lockdown, I was so relieved. Oh, my gosh. I was so tired. I'm like, I needed that break, to be honest, desperately. I needed to regroup. Um, and in that, those four months of lockdown in Sydney, I had the best time. I, it was just me and my dog. I did Pilates three times a week. I was eating food and getting up to a weight that was healthy again because, you know, you shed so much weight and you don't have time to do anything else when you're in rehearsal mode and tech mode and it's just go, 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 you know, especially putting up Hamilton for the first time in Australia. There was a lot of press. There was a lot of extra things outside of just doing the shows. Also trying to figure out how to do the show eight times a week. Like it was, it was huge. So the lockdown for me was actually a blessing in disguise because I actually got to come back bitter and healthier than I've ever been. And so getting the show back on its feet, they were really kind to us. They, we had rehearsals over Zoom leading up to. Then when we went into the theatre again, it's almost like we re-teched it again just to remind ourselves what it was, what's happening. So our creative team was were really gentle and kind to us. Yeah. Um, and I remember when we did Yorktown again for the first time after those four months, we were all just like crying because we were like, okay, it's happening again. And it was really beautiful. So I really needed it. And yeah, we've been going ever since. And it sort of taught me like what I need to do and what I need to eat and what I need to, how I need to exercise and how I need to give myself time to be able to do the show again. Yeah. So I became dance captain in Melbourne uh, when Kim left. And yeah, it's been a, a learning experience ever since. Every day I learn something new. And being an onstage dance captain, I'm the new my plot. So learning every single other plot as well as doing the shows has been really challenging. But every day when I learn something new, it's just like more and more to add to <laughs> the dance captain brain. Um, I'm also extremely lucky I've got two other dance captains. So the three of us, we coexist and we help each other every day. <laughs> and without those two people, and it, it would be impossible. Um, it's such a massive show. Yeah. We need all hands on deck at all times. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, last two questions and then we'll let you go. Uh, appreciate your time. Uh, so Hamilton in, in the U.S. obviously historically means a lot because it's about the, you know, uh, revolt against uh, Britain and, and the whole the whole shebang. Now I just saw it in the West End in London. Obviously, that historically means something uh, totally different being on the other side of it. Uh, in Australia, when you all found out, like, you would be putting on Hamilton, you would have the opportunity to be in the show uh, as a cast or even, like, maybe the spectators, um, the patrons that come. Is there – what is it like – what does it mean to you, Hamilton? Is it just like, oh, this is – Lynn manuels masterpiece or yeah if, if that if i frame that question good enough tell us well firstly are you going to come watch it in australia yeah That's i mean my first question. uh secretly <laughs> i haven't said this publicly but yeah it is my intent to come to australia so as long as y'all feel open by the time i get there I, i'll be there for sure okay perfect great let me know i'll get you a ticket. Okay. um let me answer your question uh the audiences here 
are fans. You know, all of us are fans, even the people in the show. Um, it is a it is a, it is a masterpiece. Um, so we're very lucky to have a full ham fan base here already. As for the people who aren't mega fans, it has been received so well. Like my my grandparents have come to see it and, you know, they love the king. <laughs> and uh, uh, it's hilarious. Uh, it also looks very different here. Um, Australia is hugely multicultural and we were lucky enough to have a lot of Indigenous First Nations people in our company too. So it's... It's really been incredible the way that Australia has embraced this show. I had no fears to begin with, but um, it looks different, it feels different, and it is different, but it's still telling the story in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, that, yeah, that makes me very intrigued. I, there are, there was, there was uh, subtle differences, not a ton, but between the West End and Broadway cast. So, okay, I'll have to round it out and make sure I, I get to Australia to see the show. Last uh, uh, question. Not a, not a, uh, it's not like a, a backup plan or a whatever kind of question, but like, who is Kyla off the stage? Would you, do you have other interests? Would you be a veterinarian? Uh, do you love, uh, I don't know, sewing? Like what, who are you off the stage? I love, usually I am living in the ocean. <laughs> if you're not seeing me, it's kind of difficult in Melbourne because I'm not close to an ocean, but I love being outside in the sun with my dog. Um, I love the ocean. So that is where you'll see me in my downtime. If I had to have a quote-unquote backup plan, I would love to work with animals, and I think I will uh, at some point. So you nailed yeah. it. I would love to um yeah, like rescue dogs or work at a shelter or open my own shelter or uh, just rescue animals. I love cows. I love dogs. I love, I love all animals. So that'll definitely be something in my future for sure because it makes me so happy. Nice. All right. Well, uh, you got another fan here. I'm, I'm uh, leading the charge. So thanks so much, Kyla, for your time. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I have loved it. All right, everyone. That's Kyla uh, Bartholomew's. Make sure you give her a follow, Kyla uh, Louise B. That's going to be in the description of this episode. Kyla, we'll see you later. Bye. All right, everyone. Joe Roscoe here with Go For The Stage. Make sure to check out that free trial. Kyla's awesome. Give her a follow. She deserves it. I don't know if that's whatever. Give her a follow. She's the best. She started out her morning with us, and I'm uh, going to get, get off here as quick as I can because I'm a mumbling mess. Check out this video. Talk to you later. Actors are athletes. Train like one. Bye. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. 